Hi, I'm Diane. I'm Corey. And this is They Call It Church, a podcast about what we call church, what they call church, what God calls church, and everything in between. Hello, and welcome back to They Call It Church. As promised from last week, we want to take a little time during this episode to allow you, the listener, to get to know us and find out uh, why we decided to do this in the first place. So I want to introduce my co-host, Corey, and I'll start by asking her, Corey, what do you think listeners to this podcast would want to know about you? Well, uh, my name is Corey, but you did already know that. (laughs) Diane, my co-host, is my (laughs) mother-in-law. She's great, really. Um, She was actually my friend before I married her son. Yes. So... We go way back. So we were um, sisters in Christ first. Yes, it, absolutely. And that's... Normally it might be weird to have your son marry your friend, but right. <laughs> Corey is out. a couple of decades younger than me, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm 27. I have a wonderful husband and two kids. Abel is two and Truman is nine months. So I am pretty sure they're the cutest kids ever, but I, you know, I might be biased. I, I agree. Don't know. I agree. They're wonderful. And we have a very supportive family, uh, spend a lot of time with them. Um, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. I was a, a high school English teacher, and um, I hope to homeschool in the future, so put those teaching skills to good work. Um, and just to share a little bit of my background, like why we're so interested in church and what church is and all the various things that people call church. So I, uh, my family was not Christian. I was not raised in a religious household at all. And I got saved when I was in high school through and like a high school outreach type program. And, uh, I didn't attend church and I didn't have a car or a way to get to church. And... Wait, can I just interject? Was the high school <laughs> outreach program, um, them giving donuts in the parking lot that all the high school kids <laughs> went to smoke cigarettes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the gory details of the story. There is my high school is next to a church, and um, all of the kids that smoked would I did not smoke, but I did hang out with the kids who did smoke. Yeah, all the smokers would hang out in the church parking lot because they couldn't smoke on school grounds, and the church saw them and. They gave out donuts in the morning and coffee and popsicles in the afternoon. Which I just had, what a great plug for that church because, you know, here they have all these teens coming on their property and they just look at it as an opportunity to love their community. So, yeah, it was, it was a very powerful environment. And I just remember going to this and there's a local Christian college and they staffed a lot of the after school events. Like they would just open up the church um, after school and had college kids there to to hang out and supervise a little bit um and I just remember like noticing that they were so different than anyone that I had met before or talked to before and I couldn't put my finger on why or what it was but I was definitely drawn to it and that um is where I first heard the gospel and came to know the Lord and um I think this was in March of my sophomore year of high school and then April, May, June, and it's summertime, and it was all gone, um, and I didn't have this connection to community, and I didn't have a way to attend church. Like, I didn't start attending church because I was going to a church every day after school. It um, it honestly didn't even occur to me that I had to go on a Sunday. 
Right. Um, because that was <laughs> like community was such a natural part exactly. of exactly. I was there walk. all the time. Yes. And I. Um, and also, like, my parents didn't go, and they were like, why do you want to go to church? Like, that's weird. You can't go with these strangers right. to this weird place. Like, um, so I was really discouraged by that, and I felt very alone. Um, and I had no, like, connection to anyone who was a Christian at all after this. Um, and at this point, like, I was in such a non-religious household. Like, I didn't know that there was, like, Christian radio and Christian TV right. shows and Christian bookstores. Like I honestly had no idea that these yeah. things existed. It was just beyond me. Um, and the internet was like just starting to get to be popular. And you know, it wasn't like I knew I could just go and Google whatever I wanted to find or find a Facebook group. I didn't have any of that at the time. Um, and I ended up going with a friend to a local coffee shop and I was waiting for my drink and a guy came up to me and said, do you have a Bible? And I said, I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> she was really chatty. I was, I was she hadn't had her coffee yet. <laughs> I was a little awkward as a teenager. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. And I said, no. Um, Which was true. It was true. Yeah, I didn't have one. Um, I guess I just, I never had one. I would use one at this, this church that I visited. Um, and then my, this guy, uh, said, okay, I'm going to go get you one. And he like went to his car where he had a trunk full of Bibles and he came and he brought me a Bible. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, and I took this at the time, uh, as a sign from God that I was supposed to start reading the Bible. Yeah. And so I was trying to read it and I was so confused and I had no context. Like I didn't understand, like. Old Testament, New Testament, and I sure. didn't know how to get this information, right. and I had nobody to ask, and so, okay, this is a little creepy, but I started, like, searching for this Bible man, and <laughs> I started going to this coffee shop every day, multiple times a day, waiting for him to be there so I could ask him what I should read in the Bible, and finally, I show up one day, and he's there, and I said, you gave me a Bible, and he said, yes, I did, <laughs> and I said, what should I read, and he said, you can read whatever you want. <laughs> Try John. Try John. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he, I think he asked somebody else or that was sitting there and asked uh, what they thought I should read. And I said, read the book of John. So started reading the Bible and um, I ended up, I read John first and then I read Matthew, Mark, Luke. And I didn't know that they were all supposed to be the same. Uh, <laughs> so I was so confused. I was like, did I open the wrong book? What's going on here? And started looking for this Bible man again. And I asked him and he eventually started to teach me some things and I ended up getting together with him. Yeah, if, if, if I remember, it's just, you, you started meeting at the coffee shop. We started meeting at the coffee and shop. And just started kind of diving into the word together. Yeah, exactly. There was, um, he had a, a good friend, um, a woman who worked at the coffee shop. And so I started getting together with, with those two and they would teach me and we'd just read the Bible and it was every day we would just get there and show up with your Bible and whoever would come. Like, yeah. And you'd be just read and like ask each other questions and they were super helpful. So kind of right away in your walk, you got to taste this uh, discipleship, but it was very real. It wasn't like um, attending a service and listening to someone teach you. It was very personal. Like this person was like, you know, your lives suddenly were intertwined and yeah. start to experience Christ and community. Yes, that's um, exactly it. I was saved outside of the walls of a church. And I grew as a new baby Christian outside the walls of a church. And 
finally, I was able, um, my parents gave me permission to attend a church event and it was a, a youth group event. And I was so excited because, you know, I was 16 at the time and these people that I was getting together with, like they were in their twenties and they were very helpful and, but they weren't my peers. And I was so excited to be around a bunch of other teenagers that love God and right. wanted to talk about God. Yeah, and I was so excited and I showed up holding my Bible and the pastor gets up there and says, okay, everyone, it's game night. <laughs> <laughs> Corey loves games. No, I'm being very sarcastic. No, it's true. Even now I'm not, I'm not a big Maybe game that's why. person. Maybe that's why you don't like games. Maybe. I don't know. But I was just like crushed because I showed up like expecting to like encounter God and talk about God and like see other people excited about Christ. And it was game night. Wow. So you're really, your first experience with, well, I guess your first experience with the traditional church was a traditional church acting very untraditional by supplying donuts to all these young people. Uh, But as far as like going to an actual service, it wasn't anything. Right. It didn't have the power that the relationships in the coffee shop had and just the personal, you know, community that you had developed there. You just came into something totally different. Absolutely. And you know, in defense of game night, like I have no judgment over the church and what they were doing. And there's absolutely a place for that type of thing. Um, but this was your experience. But this was it. my experience. Yeah. It was very discouraging. And um, so after after that and after you were kind of like, you know, oh, I, that just wasn't what I expected. Where What did you do after that? Like, where did you find community? And did you continue to meet with the friends in the coffee shop? Did that expand? I continued to meet with the people in the coffee shop and we continued to do that. And I did keep attending a um, youth group and Sunday service. And uh, this actually goes back to what we talked about last week is that I always felt like I really should like it. Right. I started attending Sundays and to be honest, like I, it, I didn't really like it. Um, but I felt like I should, and I felt like sure. I should go. And I was like, well, everyone else is here and they all like it. I just, I just have to interject. I was literally at a friend's <laughs> house today and she was telling me about her last week. Her pastor was saying how important it is to go to church, even when you don't feel like it, because you can't trust your feelings and it's important to go. And she said, uh, you know, if it were up to me and the way I felt, I would never go to church. And I didn't feel it was the right time to interject. Oh, I just did a podcast on the exact opposite of that. But it's just so interesting that it's almost like people feel guilty that they don't have the emotions to go with where they think they should be. Right. And they don't give themselves permission to talk to God about why they feel this way. Right. You know? And I just felt, I felt actually really bad about myself that I didn't enjoy it. Um, so I ended up volunteering in the nursery. Um, and so during Sundays we would listen to music, do our little worship, you know, at church, which I usually enjoyed that part of it. And then I go downstairs with the ladies and we would watch the babies and talk. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that was how I coped with getting through Sunday mornings yeah. was, and you know, at the time I was a teenager. Now I have my own kids and I probably wouldn't volunteer for the nursery, but right. <laughs> at, the so, time, right. at the time it wasn't, you weren't already doing that your exactly. whole life. So then kind of fast forward a few years, uh, I met Corey for the first time when she walked into my kitchen uh, to attend our home church gathering for the first time. Yeah, I um, 
I attended a Christian college and that was local and I did that whole thing. And there was a lot of community there and I did different young adult groups and had a lot of communities there. And Mm -hmm. I never like officially joined a church, but I was always involved with different groups, the different Bible studies at several different churches, um, whatever really fit with my schedule and whatever my friends were doing. Um, so I had heard about house church, um, that was meeting at Diane's house. I didn't know her at the time and walked in and that was the first time. Over many years ago, many years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, my story is oh, uh, it's similar in some ways, but different in other ways. I'm Diane Vidal. I am indeed Corey's mother-in-law. Um, I've married for I want to say 27 years. I'm just going to throw a number out there. I know it's more than 25. You married the year that I that's was right, born. That's right. That's so, right. Corey's age is how long I'm I have been married. 27 years. Yes, I have four children. Um. Oldest being Alex, Corey's husband, and they uh, we live in community with them very intentionally. Uh, we built an apartment in our home so that they have like a separate life, but where we have the opportunity to be very community focused. Let me rephrase that: we built an apartment. Yes, in yes. their basement. Yes, they exactly. didn't build up us an apartment. That's for right. Us. Yes, and you know I always have to kind of clarify that because people are like, "Oh, you're so nice to have them live with you." No, no, no. They pay and they do it on purpose because we're very intentional about community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you for correcting that because it, yeah. it is a different picture. It's not yeah. you know, oh my kids all moved back in and nobody's helping. No, it's it was not a like lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it was a ton of work it and it was work. a lot of money and it's. Yeah. I mean, it's been great. We, I think it's been wonderful. Um, so, and then I have, uh, another adult, uh, son who's in college right now and 16 year old daughter and 12 year old. Uh, and I do homeschool. I've been homeschooling for about 14 years, 14, 15 years now. And, uh, but yeah, when I first came to know the Lord, I, I, we were married, we weren't believers or anything about 10 years into our marriage. Uh, we, came to know the Lord and started attending a traditional church, kind of a little bit like a mega church, but maybe not quite, maybe one step down, but similar kind of seeker friendly atmosphere. And honestly, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever discovered in my whole life. I had no idea that there were places like this where you could go and people would take care of your children. So you could, you know, sip a coffee and go listen to a great message. And it was very transforming for us. Um, and we just absolutely loved it. Um, and we were there for a while and we got baptized and, and came to know the Lord and had some neighbors that we started to get really close to. And we did a Bible study with them. So again, there was kind of some intimacy uh, and friendship and stuff. But interestingly, like I remember our first Bible study, I, I, I was very authentic in my life and came to know Jesus and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were just, just revealing so many things to me. I feel like I received the gift of prophecy right away, even though I was not in a church environment that really believed in that. Um, but I could hear very clearly from God and, you know, just whatever it was, whether he would be teaching me something about scripture. And I started to share the things I was going through and everybody was just so shocked by me being honest and authentic with like my struggles. And, um, you know, I started to think, Oh, am I, am I doing this wrong? Like I kind of had this desire for this authentic community thought this love that Christ had for me, despite all of my flaws was just the most powerful thing. And I started to powerful. Yeah. I started to kind of quickly learn that 
some people that had grown up in the church didn't really have the same intensity in their relationship with God. Maybe things had gotten a little bit lukewarm or a little bit, you know, stagnant, or maybe they never, or maybe they had it once like 20 years ago. I mean, I remember, um, my neighbor saying, uh, well, you're just really excited now, but that'll fade. Oh, that's so sad. It is sad. It is sad. And it's actually not true that if that's true, like something's gone wrong. Like I wouldn't say that that should be just because it's normal. doesn't mean that it should be. That's a good distinction because it is very normal. It's very normal. And there's no shame in experiencing that. Yeah. Like that's an, I think a normal process for things to go to, but the truth is that there's something better. There is something better. And Jesus makes it very clear that he died to give us abundant life. Mm -hmm. And I kind of made a decision. I wasn't going to settle for anything less than that. I wanted the real thing. Uh, I remember confessing a sin to a friend of mine and who was a believer for, you know, 15, 20 years. And I'm looking to her for counsel and I'm like, how do I get past this struggle? And she said, I don't know. I struggle with the same thing. And I was like, what? I mean, I, Jesus had already set me free from, you know, alcohol and just all kinds of stuff. I knew Mm -hmm. that there was freedom available for me. And yet here was this woman who walked with God for 20 years and hadn't tasted freedom. And I just couldn't, that didn't sit with me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of eye opening about, you know, I thought that church was great and everything, but yet there were so many people in it that weren't experiencing the fullness of, of God. So even though you really enjoyed a church service and the yeah. stuff that the institutional church offered, you recognized that it wasn't producing fruit in the people that were yeah, attending. Yeah, exactly. And um, so then we thought, well, you do what any Christian does. Well, maybe we need to switch churches. So we did that a couple of times. And, you know, um, but really the apathy in the body of Christ was something that just always didn't sit right with me. Um, but I loved the experience. And I was definitely connected to God in worship and really was having a positive experience. It was more through the changes that were going on in our family that we stepped back from the traditional church. We were, like I said, we, I started homeschooling about 15 years ago. Our family was starting to get much closer to each other. We started to see the fruit of walking together in community, just in our family and I started to question why it was that we went to church and the church split everybody up much like our culture did. And that kind of confused me because I thought, you know, we had a really big church. I think I was having knee problems at the time and I was trying to walk my kids from like, you know, a mile down to drop them off at the childcare to walk back in my Sunday shoes. It just wasn't working. My knee was hurting every week. And I thought maybe we should just not put them in childcare for a little bit. So you noticed that in our culture, we separate parents and kids all yeah. the time. Public oh, yeah. school. We separate every age group. Yeah. Well, each group. <laughs> every yeah, age group. The old, group, 30s the group. elderly, the everything. Nobody is connected your, like they are in a family. And in your family, you started to break down those walls yes. and bring everybody together. Exactly. And you wanted to bring that same experience to church. Yeah. Or what happened is it just sort of happened that way okay. because of my ailment. I wasn't able to do it. And we started to notice we were all like talking on the way home from church about what we heard and it just started to feel really healthy. Um, but our church wasn't really in support of having young people in the service. They really felt, um, passionately that they were providing an excellent, you know, biblical, uh, nourishment in the children's ministry and that that's where they belonged. And we just disagreed with that. And there wasn't any hard feelings or anything, but we just felt like, gosh, we're not really going along with what our leadership's heart is. So, 
talked to God about it and it was just, it was time to pull away and, and find something smaller. Well, before you know it, we found something super small. <laughs> we were in our living room, not knowing what to do. Uh, and the Lord brought together several other families that were kind of experiencing the same thing. And we just started to meet and we started to look into this idea of uh, meeting in a home really just to see, was this even biblical? Like, is this even okay? Can we do this? You know, only to find out, you know, there's a lot of biblical, obviously this is what they did. Right. <laughs> so yes, it is uh, completely fine. And that kind of started our journey out yes. of the traditional church. Um, but that is not what this podcast is about. It's not at all. It's not because I, I think that there's a, one, there's a lot of good information out there. If you're you know, struggling in the traditional church and you're looking for something different. You've been part of a house church. Yeah. I mean, there's curious about it. So many different places to get that information. Mm -hmm. Um, we've read a lot of books, you know, there's all different angles you can take and we can even list some of those in our notes. If you're interested, Mm -hmm. um, in just knowing some of the materials that we read and lots of different great, wonderful people out there. Um, but what we didn't see a lot of was, okay, after you've left the traditional church, uh, what, what is really the heart of the whole Christian walk in community? Um, what do you actually do Yeah, what do with, you do? with this information now? Yeah. And then as we kind of lived that out for the last seven or eight years, like the Lord took us in a really different direction. Yeah. You know, in the beginning it was all about one thing and then it sort of evolved into something totally different. So we can talk more about that in another episode, but that was kind of where I did develop my passion and love for the church. Yeah. And my, um, I feel like the Lord gave me his vision and his heart for the church. And I just haven't been able to shake it. Yep. Yeah. It gets so in your bones. It right? does. It's, and you just, it's good. Yeah. So that's a little bit about both of us. Yeah. And we've touched on a lot of topics that we're going to delve into and explore more. If anything was confusing or piqued your interest, um, we will definitely get into more details about some of those yeah. church, church concepts we yeah. talked about. Oh, and a little word about the title. They call it church. Oh, yes. Um, basically, I wanted to, we, we spent a lot of time, originally I wanted to have a podcast and call it Detox, because I feel like a lot of what we went through in the early time was detoxing, and then my name is Diane, you know, so D <laughs> and I'm talking, you know, it's get it? Pun. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like we're detoxing anymore. No. <laughs> I feel like that's so past where right. we've been. And I wanted something that represented and validated whatever it is people are doing in their life that is mm-hmm. connecting them to the body of Christ. So really they call it church. I mean, if you're finding God in a traditional church setting and that is, that's working yes. for you and you're experiencing him and yep. community in there, then God bless you and mm-hmm. praise God for that. You know? Yeah. So we really wanted to be inclusive, but also um, sharing that passion and maybe that pursuit for something deeper if you're if you're not experiencing that. Right. And there's different seasons, too. God will take you through. Yeah. So last week, we talked about the shoulds and uh, talked about our emotions and how they tie into, you know, doing things out of duty or doing things from the right heart motive and how it's really important to talk to the Lord about those things and to kind of self-discover what it is you're actually feeling. Um, And I wanted to talk just a little bit more about that today and kind of like the, why is that important part? What's the whole point? Like, right. We told you what you should, should do, (laughs) but why? 
Yeah, why is it important? So did you spend any time thinking about that this week, or do you have any thoughts on that that you want to share? Sure. Um, when I was thinking about this, um, doing what you should do um, prevents everyone else from really getting to know who you are. Yeah. And if church is all about community and God is all about community, that's really important. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, as I was thinking about it this week, I really started to see how our individualistic mindsets sort of set us up for that. And not living authentically and not being ourselves for whatever reason, whether it is we're afraid to let people know us for who we are. I'm not, you know, our motives aren't always bad. Sometimes they're just protective. Um, but how that really keeps us as individuals separated. And I, I drew this picture one time of, you know, God being at the top and then a straight arrow down to the cross and then a straight arrow down from that to a person. And a person comes to know God through, you know, accepting Christ and then has a relationship with God, and it's this straight arrow. And the Lord started to show me that um, he himself has always existed in community. And then instead of a straight line, you know, from God through Christ to man, it's like God is a community, so he is a circle. And then it's like this inverted cone and at the, at the bottom is the body of Christ in a circle and that God wants to dwell among his people and, and come down amongst, you know, yeah. that gathering so that it's very, very communal. And we can put a link to that picture in the yeah. show notes. If you didn't quite follow it, you can take a look. It's, it's really enlightening, I think. Yeah. But this idea that God never existed outside of community and for us to approach him with any individualistic mindset mm -hmm. really misses the point. Even when we read the scriptures um, and we see that the word you is used, like I'm thinking of the book of Ephesians. Yeah. Um, the, the word you is used over and over again, but it's you plural as in y'all, y'all this and y'all that, not just you individual. So even the way we read the scripture, our individualism just kind of, causes us to see it as in applying to ourselves when really I think there's always this communal nature applies to the whole body that applies to the whole body. Yeah. And the scripture that um, really struck me about this topic, this is one regarding church that I've come back to time after time is John 17. Yeah. And this is Jesus's prayer. And I highly recommend you read this um, and think about the church as you're reading this and what the implications are um, about the church in the scripture. And I'm not going to explain the whole chapter to you because God scripture speaks for itself and he will reveal it. And that's what he does. Um, but one particular verse states, um, my prayer for them is that they will become one as I and the father are one. Hmm. And that that's Jesus's prayer for the church is that oneness. Um, and with that oneness, it says further on will come the glory. And, um, the glory that was given to Jesus, Jesus will give to the church. Right. And as we grow in community, we grow in our experience of that glory. Mm. And it's a very powerful experience. Um, a little hard to put into words. Right. But it's real. And I think a, a big key element in that is he says that when this happens, when, when we are living as believers mm -hmm. in this kind of unity and he shares that glory and we are living in that kind of glory, 
that the world will recognize yes. that Jesus is who he says he is. Right. That's the ultimate evangelism. Yes. Right? The ultimate yeah. evangelism tool is the body of Christ, but not just, you know, attending a local meeting, but the body of Christ living in, I want to say the asness mm-hmm. of God, like yes. as I and the father are one, that's how I want my people to be. So think about that in the relationships you have in the body yeah. of Christ. Do you feel a oneness and a unity with your, um, with the people that you do community with that is to that depth that yeah. you could say as, as, as Jesus and the father are one, that is how I feel when I gather yeah. with my uh, believing friends. Yeah. And that can't just yeah. happen on a Sunday morning, you know, yeah. for some people it might start there, but sure. it can't be the end. Right. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's, it's been exciting to be on this journey of getting to know God in that way and saying, well, what does it take? Mm -hmm. What does it take for me to live in that kind of community and that kind of intimacy with God and with others? It's unfamiliar and it's scary at first because our culture is not used to living that way. No. But God's culture is. Yep. That's right. That's heaven culture. Amen. So that's what, that's what we want to have a taste of here on earth because I believe that's what God promises Mm -hmm. and that's what's available to us. Yeah. So we will press into that. (laughs) So thanks again for joining us on this episode of They Call It Church and we look forward to chatting with you again next time.